Ruth woke up. She looked at the clock. 1.18 a.m. She sighed, rolled over, and tried to get back to sleep. A few minutes of wide-eyed wakefulness followed. Well, she thought, if I'm up, I might as well be productive. Going downstairs, she made a cup of tea, grabbed her laptop, and headed out the wide sliding glass door to the deck of her lake house. Before sitting down at her writing table, she spent a few moments leaning against the railing, cup in hand, and looking out across the peaceful waters of Lake Lascogee. The water level of the reservoir was lower, what with the drought and all, leaving the various docks and boathouses of her neighbors standing like wooden wading birds with bare legs, joining her in her moonlight vigil. It was an idyllic scene, the soft lapping of the waves, the bright light the waxing moon reflected on the water. She could just make out the shape of Goose Egg Island standing out just like its namesake. There was even a little fishing boat drifting out there, its skipper poised and ready with his rod, waiting for the telltale nudge of the fish. Ruth sighed again, this time in contentment. She would have to figure out how to work this scene into her next novel. Speaking of which, she should... she should really... Huh. That's strange. The... the moonlight must be reflecting off some... algae, or something. It... it almost looks like a glow. Greenish, and... getting brighter. In the water, all... all around that little boat. Ruth put down her tea eyes intent on the lake. The fisherman noticed it too. He started, put down his rod, and looked around, seeming just as confused as Ruth. He leaned out over the edge of his craft and dipped his hand in the water. Suddenly, the glow in the water got darker, as if a shadow crossed in front of a bright light. The fisherman flung himself back from the edge and scrambled for the oars, frantic in his motions. The lake surface exploded as a huge shape burst from the water exactly under the boat. Ruth jerked back in shock, knocking her mug of tea and scalding her hands as she fumbled with it before it clattered to the deck. She hissed in pain and flung her eyes back to the lake. But there was nothing now. No monster shape, no glow, and no boat. Surely there would be some wreckage, some waves, some sign. She searched the surface, looking for anything. But there was nothing. Just the peaceful lapping of the lake against the docks and the shore. Had she imagined it? Had she slipped into some sort of waking dream? She had a powerful imagination. Her novels were a testament to that. But that felt too real. Ruth wiped her wet hands on her robe and bent down to pick up her fallen mug, shaking her head. Usually, she wrote science fiction. Now she seemed to be living it.
welcome to Power Word Crit. I am Ander, and I will be your keeper today, because we are playing Monster of the Week. Woohoo! All so right, excited. we're right back at it. Uh, we really enjoyed playing uh, in the Mystery of Beacon Rock, but that was a while ago. So we're getting back to it. We're a little bit more experienced now. So hopefully that'll show. Monster of the Week is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. It is by Michael Sands, and we are using a couple things from a, another podcast that I want to give a shout out to called The Crit Show. They wrote up the science guy, and Ashlyn is using that for her character. Yes, I am. Uh, so we're going to cruise around there. And speaking of which, we have some fantastic players here that you know and love. I'm Kayla, and I'm bringing back Avery O'Grady using the Flake Playbook. I'm Corin, and I will be playing Seven from the Professional Playbook. I'm Ashlyn, and I'm playing Val, the science gal. And I'm David, and I'm playing Martin Gross, who's perfectly normal, even though he has the monstrous playbook and isn't normal at all. Oh, yeah, he's extremely normal. Super normal, maybe? Totally su normal. Su super normal. <laughs> super natural. He can totally yeah. talk to shadows and rocks. Natural. oh, no. Uh, for those of you joining us, this is our second mystery with these characters, so if you haven't listened to it yet, I would recommend going back and listening to our first mystery, which is The Beast of Beacon Rock. Otherwise, there'd be spoilers here. How do you guys feel about how the last mystery went? Awful. <laughs> oh, yeah? Excellent. Well, uh, you know, Avery realized that because she went and stopped and helped her friends, she didn't get a picture of the Bat Squatch. Yeah. So Lessons it learned. Take the picture first, and then help your friends. Martin is fine. The last adventure went just fine, as far as he's concerned. Val mm -hmm. so. is just glad that she has recovered from her injuries. Yeah, you guys all made it back to the park agent, parks agency with no problem. Seven had a little bit of trouble trying to get back to his co-workers. Kind of got stuck in the Grand Canyon for a couple hours trying to figure out how to get back. But. Yeah, he had to kind of snap his fingers a few times to, yeah. to get his teleportation to work. Yeah. Those but dang angel wings. I know. Just, it was rough. How do you yeah. prime the pump on a teleporter? <laughs> he, he still can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> so Seven, you have a special move. You are the professional. This is the playbook that's designed for working with the agency. And the agency that we're working for again is the Park Service. This is the Paranormal Activity Research and Containment Service. Not to be confused with the National Park Service. Or rather, perhaps, to be confused with it. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of intentional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yep. But you've got a special move for dealing with the agency, Seven. I do. It's called Deal with the Agency. <laughs> How appropriately named. And, yep. and this is a, a move that you roll when giving your report back. And because this last mission didn't go as intended. Mm, the, the goal was to find out what was going on at Beacon Rock State Park and contain the creature or threat there. You managed to remove the threat from there, which is good, but you seem to have introduced it to another area and it might be a worse state. Yeah, so here's a question for you, Keeper. Our original mission was to come back with some sort of fluid or like skin or nails or anything of this creature. Did yeah. we manage to do that? There may be trace samples in the various wounds you guys sustained, but that's yeah. not going to be enough for analysis. Okay. What about the wounds that we delivered to it? I don't remember and anybody we, like, ah, and I snagged this piece of hair or this, you know, use this blood. 
Yeah, Martin. Yeah, no. Mar- Martin's yeah. abilities don't leave wounds like that. So, so unfortunately, I don't think that you guys did that. Okay, so would I take some sort of penalty because we did not do that? Uh, let's go ahead and give you a minus one to your roll here. Okay. And again, so... for those of you who haven't listened to any Powered by the Apocalypse games, is that in these kind of games, you roll 2d6. The result fits on this scale for just about any move that you make. A 10 plus is a success. It's good. A 7 to 9 is a mixed success. It's good, but there's consequences of some sort. Either you didn't do as much as you wanted, or there's some sort of goof up in the mix. And a 6 or below means something bad happens. And usually that's an opportunity for me as the keeper to make your life hard. As you should. So go ahead and and rather, it's an opportunity to make your life interesting, because that's really what I'm about. I'm about being a fan of the players. That's one of my principles as a keeper. He's planning to blow us away. Yeah. All right, yeah, so that's what he meant. I get to roll with my penalty. I add my sharp. So instead of adding, so instead of adding two, I add one. Yes. All right, let's see what happens, guys. Will Corin's luck hold out? You're making a funny face at me, Corin. All right, at your dice, anyways. <laughs> she rolled a ten, didn't she? I got an eleven. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. See, we we were planning on like, oh, this goes terrible, and like the we were ex- agency is I'm very upset be- <laughs> that this went well. Yeah. <laughs> we were preparing for the worst, but that kind of makes sense, and it fits the fiction a little bit. Yeah, because Seven has been with the agency for a long time, been with the park service for a long time, mm-hmm. and so they understand when your things don't necessarily go as planned. And you've got enough clout and experience to be like, uh, I didn't do it this time, but what about all those other times that I did great? Yeah. So I would like to speak to Sam one-on-one yeah. if possible. Wait, you refer to the director by her first name? I do. And in a very casual way, no less? I do. And sits on her Ooh. desk too, apparently. I am That, that was time. accidental. <laughs> but she does. Um, so <laughs> I knock on Sam's door. Come in. Hey, can we talk? Sure. Come sit I down. I have my report. Uh, she takes her report and she gestures to the chairs there at her desk. Uh, don't mind the the mess here. She has stacks and stacks of similar reports here. Yeah. Um, How did the mission go? Seven looks down the hallway both ways and then shuts the door behind him. He says, we, we need to talk. Well, this seems to be the opportunity, Seven. He doesn't sit because he's very nervous. He's kind of fidgeting a little bit. And he says, I screwed up big time. In the end, I think everything will work out. However, I take full responsibility for the actions of the group. I, I've learned that my connection to the Dulahan is getting stronger. And that got in the way of the mission enough that I put more people at risk. So I would request some leave time. I think under the circumstances, that would be warranted. We'll have to discuss more about your connection to the Dulahan. I think that that's something that you may have mentioned briefly. Gosh, that was a long time ago. Very long. (laughs) But that's that's fine you've you've got a lot of vacation piling up i do i have about uh 
337 days yeah. worth of vacation. I'll have to look at this report and we can you know, verify things, but I think that that is a good approach to this and speaks to your experience, Seven. Thanks. I have created a list and he pulls out this like small little handwritten paper. I've created this list of people that might do well with the group in my absence. And um, is there anything else you need from me? No, I think that this will, this will suffice. I was going to ask for recommendations, so you come prepared, as always. <laughs> I try. Uh, Leave your van. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, Seven, don't go. <laughs> so I think I... Oh, I need to hand over my gun and the keys to the guns in the van. And he starts handing over, like, all of his equipment. Her, her eyebrows go up and up and it's like, Seven, you don't give those to me. I don't... You can take that down to the dispatch decks. Oh, desk. S- sorry. This is the first time I've ever taken vacation since I've been here. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so he puts all the stuff back, including like a handkerchief with the with the emblem of parks on it that he got for like five years of great service or something. Um, well, you're just going on leave. You're not fired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, the fact that your company allows you to take up to 337 days of leave like there's usually a limit where you stop accruing that but okay parks has been around for a while <laughs> and there, there are benefits to fighting Again, monsters usually there are limits <laughs> maybe the leave maybe the leave was an early model and it's been grandfathered in oh. yeah seven's yeah. been grandfathered in quite a few times that's true to quite a few things and he uh he's, he's probably the only one who even gets like an unlimited vacation yeah <laughs> So he puts all the stuff away and he hands out his hand and says, She takes it. Yeah, shake. I don't know if I'll be back. I want to say yes, but I don't know. She frowns for a moment. Well, you will be missed. You, you've been an asset. I'll miss you all as well. She smiles and understands. Have a good day. And then he just kind of stiffly walks out. Mm-hmm. And he hand, he does all the, you know, handing over of the stuff. And then he looks into the room where the rest of the party is and he debates whether saying goodbye or not. And then he just walks out. No! I think that Martin, who's able to sense spirits and auras and things like that, probably looks up when they sense Seven's aura mm. and then turns back to the rest of the group and whatever they were doing afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I walk away. So some time passes between the end of your mission. You all have the time to recover and rest. And you take take the breather. You, you've been under a very stressful situation. But a new mission comes in. Avery, you find, to your surprise, maybe not, that you are team leader on this mission. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Val gives a uh, very enthusiastic applause. Oh, Joy. Thank you. Uh, Martin blinks twice. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you deserve the, it. I appreciate the honor. I'm going to have to figure out what it's like to be the leader instead of just the one spouting advice to the leader. Mm-hmm. You got this. Why died? So uh, what does being the leader entail exactly? That was always uh, Seven's forte. So Avery, as the team leader, you have the ability to put your team together. So probably some people that you were working with recently. 
Okay. But, you know, that's not necessary. And there, there might be some other people. There's, you know, new recruits coming in and, you know, people that you've known. And if you don't have anyone in mind, then, you know, the director is likely to give you a recommendation. I will take the recommendation because Avery talks to people, but usually about all these conspiracies and stuff. And I'm, I'm not sure I know of quite people and their capabilities. I know people and their thoughts, but not really their capabilities. So, uh... I'll let the director choose. Sure. And I think that's exactly what happens, is that the director gives you a recommendation. Is there anything you guys want to do before you head out on your mission? As far, and this is bookkeeping things, as far as new moves if you've leveled up, or new gear that you want to have acquired? So I want to have acquired a goo gun. A goo Ooh, gun? What does it do? <laughs> do tell us about this goo gun. So the goo gun, which does three harm, and has the tags far, messy, area, fire, Reload, and of course, unreliable because it's weird science. That's a whole <laughs> lot of tags on there. That is a lot of tags. Har- three but, harm? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that, all of my weird science gear does three harm. Okay. If uh, it hits. <laughs> if it hits. I mean, I could have done the atomic chainsaw that does four harm. Holy cow. But I figured not to <laughs> do that. <laughs> Val's pretty kind of short, right? Yeah, a little, a little on the shorter bit. side. Yeah, it's with a chainsaw. And young. <laughs> Very young. So I figured I would go with a less harmful thing, harmful being, uh, in quotes, the goo gun. <laughs> and I bet she fills it with this, like, pink glittery goo. Probably. <laughs> to match your pink glittery electroblaster? Yes, exactly. There's a theme here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to stay on brand. <laughs> I do. So and... I, I'm dying to know. So, so does the goo gun hurt you because it shoots it so hard? Or does it hurt you because it's acidic or something else? It doesn't cause three harm to me. Not you. I mean, to whoever you shoot oh. it at. Your target. Mm, so it probably causes three harm because, one, it probably gets all up in their face. Like, just in your eyeballs, in your nose, in your nostrils, in your mouth. And then, I mean, it probably... Probably just the force. It's probably like force damage if you're comparing it to like D&D or Pathfinder. Like bludgeoning? Kind of. You just get bludgeoned by ooze and then you suffocate to death. I mean, it's also known as being messy and it can target more than one person. Cause like it's the web spell. area. <laughs> yeah. It will probably vary depending on how I'm going to use it. Sure. Yeah. We'll address that as it comes out. Yep. So I also want to know if during these three weeks... Val, after being clawed by the bat squatch and taking three harm, she's feeling a little squishy. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a thing. <laughs> and so she actually wants to be able to create some sort of like shield, force field shield thing that will activate and that she can just like, I don't know if it probably needs to be some sort of like similar to a bulletproof vest, but it can extend to all of her body as needed yeah. if like something is attacking and it would just be considered like a plus one armor but because it's something she's making it would use that weird science and so therefore I want to add the magic tag to it. Okay, sure. How about we let you use that weird science <gasps> Okay. and use that roll? Yay! So let's see. Let's go ahead and make a weird because science roll for us. When you want to create or adapt a device to analyze or deal with a strange phenomenon so I don't know if it'd be the actual weird science move or if it would be using my lab in my fabrication workshop. I think we established that your fabrication workshop gives you a bonus when you're making things. And I'm just going to rule that 
you can use weird science when you make things. Okay. So I get to roll plus weird, which is a plus two. And Ashton is rolling her fancy new dice. Yes. I got a seven. Hey, that's a mixed success. <laughs> yes. Okay. So your weird science has some things attached to that, does it not? On a mixed success? Yes. So on a mixed success, I pick one requirement and then the keeper picks another. The weird science requirements are it needs a rare and or weird material. It won't be very reliable. I'd rather not have that for armor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it requires huge amounts of power or fuel when it makes sense for armor. It will take a long time to get it working. Uh, it won't work exactly as intended. Mm. And Random you'll pulse. need help beyond the hunters on your team to finish it. If it's a shield-type barrier, then it might require huge amounts of power. A massive battery That's that That's what happened with my spirit box thing. Yes. <laughs> I'd rather not be the same thing. But that's just me personally. <laughs> so I'll let you pick first, and then I'll pick. I think that it requires battery packs of some kind. And for each time that you use it, you have to recharge it. Okay. Is So, like, you have a pulse of charge. And when it's used in an attack, you have to reload it. Okay. So you have to carry power packs on you. Yeah, that's that It works. is a prototype. Or like a first generation. It's true. Maybe I can improve it later. <laughs> Probably for the next mystery, whenever sure. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> next next time you have the time and capability to do so. Which you might even be able to do on the mystery. Okay. So I was going to decide my other requirement is that it requires a weird material. Okay. And I think that weird material, I kind of want it to be just like something completely random, like toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that weird material is required in your power packs. Okay, cool. Jello cubes. <laughs> it uses fluor the fluoride and baking soda specifically formulated in toothpaste. Yes. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> jello cubes toothpaste flavored jello cubes. Ew. Oh, that is I weird. sometimes need to go to the dentist and like, can I get all the free samples, please? <laughs> because, you know, it's got to form the shield. And so this is like the image that it's refracted through. <laughs> so I am able to weird science myself a force field shield armor type thing with plus one and the tag magic, which allows me to ignore... It's not ignore all harm. It's just ignore one harm from non-magical weapons that attack me. Okay. Right? Yeah. I think I'm remembering that right. That sounds right. It basically overpasses the ignore armor feature. So, like, if anyone has the ignore armor and if their weapon is not magical as well, then I don't take that harm. Like, they still are affected by my armor. Yeah. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm not making sense. Yeah, I'm going to jump on that real quick to make sure we're doing this right. Oh, good. My attack still gets through. <laughs> Nothing. Not <laughs> that you're attacking her at all. No. Does but... your attack ignore armor? Yeah. And it's magical? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Then you'd be able to get through it. Yeah. But my armor would still be effect. No, it would not be effect. That's right. That's what it would mean. So the armor. magic tag is usually for weapons. And it is enchanted, so it can affect certain creatures and armors that are proof against normal weapons. 
So by that, we're going to say that it does one armor for you, just right. which any armor does, but it also blocks against things that ignore armor. Mm-hmm. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that was my intention yes. in making that, yes. Okay, so there's a lot of admin things there, but we're going to go ahead and cut right to it. And don't worry, we haven't forgot about Seven leaving. We've got somebody new here. So we cut to the van because we're we're letting you guys keep the van uh, for, for use on this mission. I keep my lab. Yeah, that's kind of the important <laughs> thing. Part of your playbook. We want to have make sure you've got your lab on hand. Thanks. And who's driving? I think Avery's driving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Avery is our leader and our designated <laughs> driver. <laughs> driver. So Avery's driving and she turned... Oh, okay. She doesn't turn. She's got to keep her eyes on the road because this, <laughs> this truck I, or van, I don't know how Seven did. This van is uh, interesting to handle. So Val. I, I was... think he used duct tape or something. Oh, it's a little run down, but it's a little souped up too. You're in the back of your mind every single time Seven has complained about this, <laughs> this van. <laughs> yep. Every single time. But there was a note of affection in his voice every time he complained. It's Only true. Sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Val, uh, can you read out where our mission is again? Yes, leader, ma'am. Yes. Uh, you you have a <laughs> a printout printed out report. It looks a little strange. It looks like almost like things were redacted, but there aren't any like black spaces there. It's just white space. So things are in kind of funny places. Punctuation's a little wonky. Phrasing's a little strange. I feel like I need to let them borrow Erie to help them write their mission summaries they're very lacking (laughs) so okay our mission says that we are responding to a blog post by one ruth brookhaven looks like there was a suspected lake monster or mind alteration uh could have a possible connection to the disappearance of red cook location lake Lascogie in arkansas it is a reservoir in a small town they never give us much do they no no they don't Budget cuts. They're the worst. Well, and you guys are the investigators, too. You're the ones who are getting the intel. <laughs> this is what they just were able to pull off their you know, social media net. That's true. true. I, actually, that's actually pretty impressive for how much they got. Fair point. So what is our... So we're just supposed to figure out what it is? Or are we supposed to bring something back? So your goal or... here is to determine the threat and to study it contain it, solve it, stop it being a problem, or being able to direct uh, other resources to be able to solve the issue. Okay. I think our first step is going to be talking to Ruth. Yep, that sounds like a good idea. Did they at least give us a address? Yes, and that, oh, that is where you guys are headed now. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> You're driving along the you know, back roads. It's taking you a little bit of ways to get out there. And we're going to go ahead and pan around the van here and give the camera an opportunity to, to see what each of you, to kind of reintroduce your characters and see what you look like. <laughs> so let's pan around the other direction. Let's start with David here. All right. Martin is dressed in the lab coat, well, the lab pants that he was wearing when he received the mission. Normally, he spends his time assisting Val or other people in the forensics at the main base. 
and then getting dragged out of there on whichever mission Seven is on. However, Seven's not here, and Martin does miss Seven. So he's he's wearing you know this kind of you know this lab equipment, and he's just kind of sitting there. You're not sure whether he's paying attention to what's going on with the dialogue about the mission or not. He's just kind of staring. And periodically, his eyes will lock onto something and follow it as it zooms past the car. And if you pay close enough attention, it'll have been like an old tree or a shriveled bush or something. Or possibly just something like that you can't see anything there at all, but he's tracking it intently. And, and why, why does he seem to focus in on these, you know, kind of dying things? So Martin has a soft spot we'll say, for the poor, injured, and sickly things that need to be pruned and cleansed and taken care of, but which are currently in pain because they haven't quite died yet. And he deeply desires to help them along their way. I was going to say, how does such pruning happen? He gets near them and they die. Got it. You you have kind of an, an active... So... In gameplay mechanics, yeah. the curse is feed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually involve feeding, though. That's just, you know, what I had to get it closest to for flavor reasons. Yeah. He feels a strong desire to relieve suffering of anything that has been kept alive beyond its healthy and wholesome limit. Hospitals are considered high risk for him, as are nursing and retirement homes. In gameplay terms, this is the monstrous's natural attack which is, in his case, a magical force of close range, harm one, magic, close, with ignore armor. Perfect. So Val, the, the camera swings around to you, probably pretty 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 close by there. Yeah, so Val is sitting on, I'm assuming, the passenger seat since she was explaining the mission to Avery. Are you in the front passenger seat then? Yes. Okay. Yes. We haven't really mapped out the inside of this van, and it kind of moves about. It's, it's big, true. but different. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm in a passenger seat. <laughs> so Val is a 16, 17-ish girl who is very brilliant. She graduated from college early. She's wearing a lab coat. Underneath, though, she's wearing like normal street clothes, has some battered up tennis shoes. She keeps her hair up in a messy bun. The bun contains a lot of like pens and pencils, a tablet stylus. And she also has large goggles, very reminiscent of like steampunk that she rests right above her forehead. It's really just there for the look. It's not necessarily useful. (laughs) It's just for the aesthetic. But she also has her pockets full of candy. Nice. Oh, yes. The candy. (laughs) (laughs) So some are prototypes and experiments? A couple, yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. (laughs) Well, well, as, as the mood strikes me, we'll see. We're going to cruise over to Avery. We've heard a little bit from Avery, but go ahead and describe yourself a little bit. Um, Avery is a young woman of average height, average looks, searching eyes. She's currently wearing a nice professional outfit of a white-collared shirt, trousers, but paired with boots and a trench coat because no conspiracy theorist reporter goes anywhere without a trench coat. Of course. But yeah, otherwise, rather average looking. And then the camera turns again. So you see a young woman, a little bit older than Val, maybe 2021-ish. She has her nose stuck in this gigantic binder. And when you look at the 
the name on the binder. It's like the parks handbook. Nice. This is your handbook and procedures. Yeah, procedures the hand- handbook. Yeah, the procedures handbook. And she is nose deep in that. She's got a highlighter out and she's highlighting things. She's got chestnut brown hair, very short. And she has very, very piercing gray eyes that in certain lights flash a little bit of purple. Ooh. She's wearing pearl earrings and she's got this choker around her neck that's black with a small pearl hanging from it. And she wasn't sure what weather she should be dressing for. So she's got a very nice button down white shirt underneath a sweater. She's still not entirely sure if she's hot or cold. So she's just kind of sitting there cross-legged in the seat and some black slacks. So she looks very professional and she kind of looks up and says, Hi guys, thanks so much for bringing me along. I think that Martin kind of looks over to her, doesn't say anything. I I do have a question though. Um, Corin, what does your character's aura look like? Very vibrant, yellow, mixing with a little bit of orange. However, her aura seems to be pulsating further out than most people's. Okay. Martin, of course, is a medium able to see the spiritual world, and this is not just ghosts and dead things, but the living spiritual world that surrounds us all. And so that can include auras, and it can include supernatural effects, magic. It can also include ghosts and dead things, though. So This is interesting that we're seeing these larger-than-normal aura, because your characters generally, you know, you know by, by her playbook wouldn't necessarily be somebody who's very magical. Right. So she is the mundane playbook. Uh, However, instead of using the use magic under the weird move, she actually is using the empath. And Martin, you see as she's looking up, the aura around her, it kind of extends to other people's and just very, very tentatively touches each one of yours as if hesitant but at the same time, not necessarily probing, but questioning. And can I use my empath? Sure, yeah. I think skill. it makes sense for somebody who's new in a new environment. Do my new coworkers like me? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So that is a eight plus one, so nine. So I gain hazy impressions of their current emotional state and intentions. Uh, you sense a lot of concentration from Avery. She's very focused on the road, very focused on the van, and her, I don't know, if you could see her mind, you would just see, like, just gears whirring as she's trying to put together pieces and trying to figure out facts. Like, you get the feeling that there's, like, a lot of thought going into what's going on in Arkansas. So very quickly, the aura moves off of you. Okay. Don't want to mess with you while you're driving. Oh, yes, please don't. Martin, what you sense from him is a momentary curiosity directed at yourself, but the vast overwhelming majority of his emotion is a deep well of sadness for a loblolly pine that you're passing by. It looks like it may be struck by lightning or something. So I sense that sadness and the aura pulls away from you. So you get the impression that Val is kind of worrying about what she's going to write for the next chapter of her fanfic of her latest obsession of an anime. <laughs> Which anime? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I haven't thought, thought that far for Val yet. Okay. 
And Gordon, we, we haven't said your character's name yet. I was, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. about that. I missed that. So th- you see that the Ara pulls away and she says, by the way, I don't think we really introduced ourselves to each other. I apologize. I should have done that first. Uh, my name is Hannah Mae Sullivan. What is everybody else's? Hannah, we already discussed this before we left. Oh, Hi. <laughs> sorry. I'm Martin. Gross. Hi, Martin. Hi, Avery. Hi, Avery. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. It's okay. I'm just teasing you. We actually haven't introduced each other. Oh yet. my goodness, you got me. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. I'm Val. Like, nice Val, to meet stop you. Stop giving her a hard time. Sorry. <laughs> she pulls something out of her pocket and she unwraps it and she says, "Here, um, I got I got these from my friend who went to Japan." And she hands you like a little melt candy, and she says, "You might like this, Val." Val's eyes go wide, and she is so excited. You have made a friend for life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Hannah, how long have you been working for the agency again? Oh, about six months. Great. So, what what brought you to the park service? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a funny story. So, did, did you open a portal to what you hoped was Candyland but was not? <laughs> she, flips, <laughs> she flips through the manual <laughs> to a page that she has already completely marked. No, no portals on my end, but I see that is legit. That is a cool. <laughs> that's cool. I'll make a note of that. And it no, was interesting is why it was scary. Is the other thing. Well, thank you guys for coming to my rescue. <laughs> I'm sure we would have found you sooner or later. Well, I'm glad you found me when you did, so that I was still alive. Yeah. Oh, so you guys have worked together before? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we have. Okay, this is my first time actually in the field. Oh. So I just got my my gun certificate training a couple weeks ago. Well, you had good recommendations and your uh, test scores all look really good. So I'm sure you'll do wonderfully. Great. So, okay, so it's a funny story. So I'm getting a dual degree in eco-gastronomy and wildlife studies. And I needed an internship f- to get my wildlife studies core done. And, um, well, I actually thought I was applying to the National Park Service, but I guess I had accidentally signed myself up to some sort of, like, testing or something where they asked me some very new-agey questions. I just thought that it was just new employers asking strange questions, but I guess I did really, really well on the uh, empath section. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I just thought I did well on the test. So I walked in thinking that, my day was just going to be my supervisor and I maybe taking a tour of the national park and maybe help some like bears or something. But um, I ended up spending my whole day chasing my superior down because he accidentally stepped in something in the park and activated his werebear stay early. And I didn't know the supernatural existed until orientation. So... So that's what happened to Dan. Yeah. Oh, you were there. Okay, got it. I was wondering. That spread quickly through the agency. It was. It's a really funny story now. It was really scary then. Yeah, I hope he's still doing all right. I think he's still detoxing from whatever he stepped in. Eh, he'll be fine. It's not, happened. And it's not the worst thing that he's experienced. Is he still alive? Then we're good. <laughs> Red Dirt D&D brings you the world's greatest role-playing game with an Oklahoma twist. Join four adventurers as they travel into the Calban frontier to map the Wild West region for the Dwarven Train Barons. 
elves and orcs collide with saloons and sheriffs in this actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring local actors and veterans of the game. The first episodes are coming soon to your favorite podcast location, so make sure to subscribe so you don't forget. You can find out more information at Red Dirt D&D on Facebook and at reddirtdnd.com. Hi, everyone. This is Ander, and I just wanted to say thank you to our latest followers. Box of Teeth, RGM79Ace, Knockouts Party, Adventure Sano 1, and Hieronymus Blaze. If you would like to join them, follow us on Twitter or Facebook, tweet about the show using the hashtag PowerWordCrit, share a post from our Facebook page and include the hashtag PowerWordCrit, or tell us how you shared this podcast with someone by sending an email to PowerWordCrit at gmail.com. Thanks, and back to the show. The van turns around a corner, and you all see the beautiful Lake Laskogee. It's maybe like three by five miles wide. There looks to be like a stony island in the middle of it, and a number of scattered houses and buildings surrounding it. The highway seems to kind of uh, circle the lake, and you get a nice panoramic view. Miss Brookhaven's residence is a nice, clean, kind of modern-looking building. Uh, it's got a bit of a like a alpine, angular look to it, but with big windows and things like that. And you pull into the driveway. Okay, pile out, everybody. Are, are we gonna Are we gonna do the uh, undercover stuff, or are we gonna do it straight this time? Ooh. What, oh, what say you, fearless leader? How are ooh? How are we doing this? Uh, oh, that's right. You guys have the van with all the the cool undercover stuff. You guys are the undercover people. That's what that is. Yes, <laughs> that's what Seven put it in there for. Avery's been so focused on driving, <laughs> maybe didn't think about what to do on the way out. No, I'm really curious what different kind of cosplay out- outfits that I'm Seven scared. left behind. Like I'm just imagining this like. Oh, I'm scared. Bright costume. Yes. Or you guys haven't even yes. seen the back of the closet that opens up into another closet. Wow. That's <laughs> Avery That's should How be, big is yes, this van? Avery's scared. <laughs> it's special. <laughs> okay. Uh, she wrote a blog post about paranormal, correct? I would say we just tell her we're from a paranormal agency that is looking into the issue. All right. Straight man. Got it. So I think that Martin does not look at all like whatever he needs to look like, though, and stands out painfully obvious. I think that seems to be always the case, is that Martin is never never dressed for the undercover story. Never. Never. That's okay. We're not going undercover this time. Mm -hmm. I stick my hand out. Is it warm or cool? It is warm. We are at the, like, end of summer. Okay. So I'm going to take my sweater off. Okay. Well, I think we can just play it straight. Uh, in regards to other people we have to interview, so maybe I, we're just news reporters. So really quick, I'm looking through the manual, and it says that whenever possible, we're supposed to contact the contacts before we arrive. Did we do that? No. No, we didn't. So oh, does she know that we're coming? for cold calls. <laughs> I start walking towards the front door. Okay. I, let's go I, see I think we'll be home. fine. We've done it before. Okay. I make a note that sometimes it's okay not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Martin is standing next to the van and 
Martin. When he hears that we're not in disguise, he pulls out a name tag that's, you know, it's, you know, from the park system that just says, you know, it says, you know, the parks system, et cetera, et cetera. You know, hi, I'm Martin. How can I help you? <laughs> nice. Very nice. And he kind of pins it onto his shirt and then he stands there. Martin. Hmm? Martin, come Over here. Come here. Okay. We're, we're going to talk to the nice lady. Sure. Time. I walk over and stand behind them. I knock on the door. There's a little bit of time, and you see somebody peek their head out of the glass real quick. and I immediately wave. Uh, she, she smiles and opens the door. And before you, you see a woman. She has dark skin. She's got long, dark, curly hair and intelligent but tired eyes. She seems a little concerned at the group of people around. Uh, hello? Can I help you? So, quick question out of your game. Is the park service a name that we can spread around, or is that... It's not one that people will recognize. Okay. It's not a publicly known organization. Okay. So I mean, you could just secret. say that we're part of a supernatural agency. We're just an unknown agency. Okay. I stick out my hand and I say, hello, I'm Avery O'Grady. I work for a... For a Unnamed agency. Uh, we saw your blog post. We we're hoping to investigate. From an unnamed agency. Yes. We deal in the supernatural. She kind of looks around and like... If she's really perceptive, Martin is wearing a tag that literally says parks and underneath it, paranormal activities, research, and containment. <laughs> sure. Um... <laughs> yes, very unnamed. I forgot about the name tag. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I think she's like, okay. I would have um, said unknown. Why, why don't you it. come in? Thank Can you. I quickly do an empath check on her? Sure. Please do. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is that really, a fail? I really should have thought the uh, cover story through. <laughs> I got a six. Hey, guess what that is? So... It's a failure. Yeah, so my brain is overwhelmed with emotions. I think that when you try and take a look at her feelings, there is just so much and so many things that you are knocked back, like, physically. And we'll say that you take a minus one forward, which is for your next roll. Okay. And I may mark down a hard move to use in the future. Okay, so you guys see me back up. I was looking at her face, and suddenly I look down and back up and say, oh, you've got Lovely flowers out here. Are there flowers? <laughs> there are, but they look okay. a little sad. Um, How do you keep them alive? I'm having trouble keeping mine alive. I've got you know, a groundskeeper who comes by, but it, come in. She just, she seems very tired. Okay. I will not look at her at all during the rest of this investigation. <sighs> Ander, feed you need to act <gasps> under pressure to resist feeding whenever a perfect opportunity. I hear these flowers are in, are, are in trouble. Oh, no. yeah. they, need, they need help. <laughs> they do. They do. They desperately need help. Martin. So how do I act under pressure? Uh, use that special. Uh, use one of the basic moves. Act under pressure. Did you roll plus cool? Oh, well, I got an 11. <laughs> he wanted to fail. Yeah. <laughs> Martin looks at the flowers and he just gets this very sad feeling. In, in fact, I would say, um, Hannah, you just feel waves of 
sadness and pity just rolling off of Martin while you're still reeling from, you know, your own previous experience. And then he starts shuffling to follow people in. That's probably another thing that's overwhelming, Hannah. So because I failed, I mark experience, right? Yes, always. Okay. Start racking that up. You start at zero, so you need those. <laughs> my goal. Catch up to the rest of us. My goal. She introduces herself. I'm Ruth Brookhaven. What can I do for you? And she kind of sits you down. She's got a very large, spacious living room. It's kind of a loft upstairs, very clean. There's like white carpet and several many books in built-in bookshelves, things like that. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm Dr. Tucker. Uh, or you can call me Val. So we're actually here in response to the blog post that you had made the other day about a possible lake monster. And we're here to investigate to see if it exists or something else that might be happening. See if we can find also maybe someone who's disappeared. So if there's any information you can give us on that from what you saw, that would help us in our investigation. She takes a moment and just like, okay, well... And if I, I need to, like, do a basic move to convince her to talk no, to us. No, you're okay. fine. You're fine on this. I was hoping that since she said suspected lake monster... Wait, I don't know if she put it down, I guess. Mm-hmm. But still, there's she, some sort of monster or something. You haven't seen her post, so you don't know. Oh, oops. But it's like, oh, you must be referring to... Yeah, I don't I don't know if that was a, a dream or what. I, I'm sorry. I, I have trouble sleeping a lot. I was having a hard time. This was few weeks ago and thought I saw a strange thing out in the lake. It was the way I say that makes it sound like it was like Loch Ness Monster or something like that, but it was it wasn't just a log sticking out on the lake. There was like a fishing boat got attacked or something, but it was there and it was gone. Can you show us where and she's still not making eye ta- contact can you show us where maybe you saw this? Sure. She gestures to the wide glass windows and kind of takes you outside onto the wooden deck out there. It overlooks the lake. It's not too far, maybe like 20 yards from the shoreline. And she points out it was in between here and the island there. Wow, this is really pretty. It is. Are there flowers out there? Uh, There are. Martin is... With more energy than usual, getting up and going over there. (laughs) (laughs) He has made his decision. If you get within three feet of Hannah, she will back up because she's still getting jumbled. Mm -hmm. Would you all like to investigate a mystery or something like that? Yes. Yes. I also Uh, would like to use my, I don't know when the best time is, but I have connect the dots. Yeah which is at the beginning of each mystery, if you look for the wider patterns that current events might be part of, roll sharp, plus sharp. Can I help her? Well, this would only apply if there's current events, I guess. So addressing your question, Ashlyn, I don't know that you would be able to help in this action unless okay. you have a really good reason. But I mean, aside from like looking at the nearby surroundings to see if I could find any clues. That would be for investigating a mystery. This okay. is... Mm-hmm. Avery's special beginning then of the mystery. Never move. mind. Yeah. Yeah, we should definitely still investigate yeah. the area, though. This will just be on top of it, seeing if there's anything else going on. Do you want me to read the questions? Uh, sure. Yeah. What are your questions? So, possible questions are: Is this person connected to current events more than they are saying? So, this is where I'd probably need to think about more how this would work. 
When and where will the next critical event occur? What does the monster want from this person? Is this connected to previous mysteries we have investigated? And how does this mystery connect to the bigger picture? Do you roll on this or mm-hmm. is this? Yep. Okay, go ahead and make your roll. 11. Cool, that's a success. On a 10 plus hold three. So you've got currency in the bank that you can use to spend. Spend your hold during the mystery to ask the keeper any one of the following questions. I would so. recommend holding on to those because you yep. have not gotten much information to ask as far as like context because all of those have to fit in the fiction just a little bit mm-hmm. as opposed to be just being like oh right like oh i want to know everything now yeah, yeah. as we get well as we go through i'll pull them out cool sounds like a plan now we can investigate or talk to her more so who is investigating the mystery and how are you doing it i know how martin's going to do it but i'm i'm willing to you know, wait my turn yeah. Okay. Because you're going to try and help the flowers yeah. first. Martin will be distracted when he does it because he wants to help the flowers. So, <laughs> Val, do you want to? Yeah, that, so, I think Val Yeah, up. I am going to be taking pictures and small, like short videos and having Eerie analyzing them and see if she can find any internet searches that match up with the images or the video clips to see if anyone else has made similar reports. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Because I get a plus one forward to investigate the mystery from any information I gather from this. Yeah. Go ahead and roll investigate a mystery. All right. Hey, that's a fail. Yay. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Work experience. Yes. So a, a good thing to do here is to have you still learn something, but it be a unfortunate thing. Uh, an unfortunate truth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Eerie no longer works here. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be unfortunate, but I don't think that's the unfortunate no, that's truth. I know. Is... Eerie gets a virus. Oh. <laughs> Computer COVID. <laughs> okay. I think that... You could so... also take a hold if you... Ah, but I've already got one. Okay, that's fine. So how about this? As you are communicating with Erie a little bit and moving around, taking pictures of that. Maybe you wander down closer to the lake. Mm, yeah, Val would do that. And maybe distracted in that. And Erie is giving you multiple responses. It seems that something that comes up a bunch is a recent increase in the water level that seems strange. During a drought? That is hmm. very strange. But, so I'm very fixated on this. As you're fixated on that... Part of the bank that you're on slips off, and you tumble into the lake. Ah! What do the rest of you do? Well, Hannah, being very anxious now because she's feeling all this stuff, she just thinks that, you know, she's having some sort of panic attack. This this is normal. This happens all the time. So she's going to say, can I, um, sorry, do you have, like, a dock or something that goes straight to the lake, or... Yeah, she turns and looks and sees um, Val just dunk right into the the water, slip off. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to bolt and try to uh, help Val. So did I, I, like, walk off a dock into the deep part of the lake? Um, essentially, you are <laughs> okay. in the water. It, it is not like, oh, here you, you're not able to stand in it. Right. Like, it's deep. Mm. You're waterproofed, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. 
wonder about that electro blaster and the oh no and my new goo gun yeah yep yeah, yeah. Don't get a goo gun leak here. That'd be terrible. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm going to run down the dock and say, Val, Val, are you all right? Splash, 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 splash. <laughs> I'm going to jump in okay. to try and help sure. her out. Yeah. Martin, can you grab some rope? I look around. Is there any rope visible? I'll settle for a hose if that's available. Otherwise, I'll go back to the van because I know I there's like rope the in there somewhere. So, yeah, so Martin shows up with the garden hose. So I want to use my move, let's get out of here, which means if you can protect somebody by telling them what to do or by leading them out, roll plus charm instead of tough. By leading them out? By telling them what to do or by leading them out of the dangerous situation. Would this be considered a dangerous situation for Val? If Val can't swim, then yes. Here's a question. Does Val swim? Probably. Okay. okay. Eh, I feel like your not. parents would have forced you to take classes. Okay. Um... But she is wearing clothes. Yes. And apparently electro blasters. <laughs> this may not be a dangerous situation at the moment. Okay, so I'm Just... going to get down on my knees on the dock and I'm going to try and reach for her. Oh, I thought you jumped. And, you did say that you well, jumped. Well, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to try and get down. I can't feel her. And so I'm just going to jump right in to see if I can get her. Ooh, that's a great idea. I'm going to spend this hold that I had earlier. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> That's why off I hold to on a, to it. Off to a great start, you Woo-hoo! guys. <laughs> Val, you feel something brush your leg. Oh. I immediately start panicking. <laughs> <laughs> you say you immediately start panicking. What do you do? Are you trying to get out? Are you trying to I'm, look around? I am trying to trying? thrash up to the surface of the water because okay. I my instinct is to get away from whatever this thing is. Okay. Act under pressure. Mm-hmm. That's roll plus cool, right? Yeah. Nine plus one, so ten. Nice. Cool. Yeah, you are able to make your way to the surface and get away from whatever that was. I'm able to grip onto the dock, maybe just one of the posts, mm-hmm. not necessarily like the top part of it. Yeah. And I'm just clinging on to there and just, <sighs> what is down there? <sighs> and she's just kind of almost hyperventilating. And she's like, Avery, Martin. Help! You know, I just realized docks usually have ladders. Some not, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. Oh, okay, cool. Never mind. Hannah, you are there, uh, ready to ready to help. Okay, I'm in the the yeah. water, and I'm gonna try and boost you up. Yeah. What? What? What's wrong? What did you see? S- something c- tried to grab my leg. What? <gasps> Something's in there. Do you have like a waterproof waterproof flashlight or something? N- n- no. Oh, I... mm. Okay. Oh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to boost her up. So when you ride up on the dock, I'll say, I'll be right back. And I'm going to dunk my head under the water to see what I can see. And now I would like to use, don't worry, I'll check this out. Yeah, see, that's a definite yes. Whenever I go off by myself to check out somewhere or something dangerous or scary, mark experience. Cool. So mark that experience. Is, Is this by herself since we're all standing here? Well, we're not looking None at None of her. you are above or underwater. Okay. I just don't know what the rule is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If something grabs her, none of us is helping. <laughs> <laughs> Martin does show up with a hose. Mm-hmm. Avery, what are you doing in this? Directing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Leading it's, our so motley crew. Start, you're probably standing near... Ruth. Would it be investigate a mystery or something else to just eyeball? Because I can see that she's panicking. And so Martin is just... 
you know, looking at the area, and, and but he has the ability to look with more special senses than the rest of the party do, mm-hmm. does. So is there anything I should roll to see if I see anything? So anytime you're looking at a tense situation that might be troublesome is read a bad situation. Mm, where is this? Read a bad situation. Sharp. Not my greatest skill, but hey, got to fail somewhere. That's going to be seven. Okay. So that is a mixed success. You have one hole to spend uh, for one of the questions on the list there. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Noting that I do have spirit sight. So if there Mm. is something in the water, I might be able to see it. I'm under the water. Yeah. You see a green glow. Does it look like a fish? It is a large area. Maybe like the size of a car. This is not in the visual spectrum, if that makes sense. This mm-hmm. is in your spiritual spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Martin frowns, and he's lowering the garden hose, but he's watching this now. Hannah? Yes? You are under the water. I'm going to swim down a few feet and uh, look around. Do I see anything? Are you looking for threats, or are you looking for clues? I am looking for threats. Okay, read a bad situation. So that's going to be a minus two. Cool. <laughs> oh, because you've got a, a minus from your empath backlash. So that's a seven. Pretty good. You didn't fail. Nope. <laughs> Even with a minus two. So you get one question from them, just okay. like Martin did. Mm, some of these are not quite what I want to ask, but let's see. So the questions you can ask are, what's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? I would say at the moment, what's the most vulnerable to me? Val, you could pull her <laughs> and drown her. <laughs> you don't have any weapons or anything at the moment, so you aren't necessarily a threat. Okay. I, I know that's not a great answer. You might <laughs> try a different question. So my most vulnerable is me drowning <laughs> at this at this point. Well, it's, you know, because what's most vulnerable to you means, like, what's the weak point that I can hit or yeah. something like that. Oh, I thought it was what's most vulnerable as in, like, me. No, that would be, like, are there dangers? Like, what's most what's dangerous to me, threat? essentially? What's the biggest Okay, so what's the, uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? You see some vines or, wouldn't call it seaweed, but some plants that seem to be waving Lakeweed. towards you a little bit. The algae. It's alive. It's alive. Even more so than usual. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can, so can Martin see me from where I am? Like, can he see my aura for how far I've gone down? Oh, because you, you have spe- extra aura. Yes. Yeah. Well, and given that I can see something besides her that's deeper than mm-hmm. her, probably. So, Martin, you see my aura stretch out again towards whatever this thing is. Hannah doesn't realize that this is happening. This is just what happens. And so I would like to roll another empath thing. Okay. Ooh, that is 12. So if this thing has emotions, I gain a clear impression of their current emotional state and intentions. You get an overwhelming, almost as bad as what you felt earlier, hunger. Oh. Oh, You're going to need a lot of uh, R&R tonight. You have a mental visual of a mouth the size of a mountain reaching for you. 
It's not what you see, that's what you feel. And that's how big this emotion is. Terrified. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to start swimming up and from people up on the top, they can see me starting to thrash and try to pull up. Go ahead and act under pressure to get up. So while she's doing that, Martin sitting, you know, kind of crouching there, frowning and, you know, holding the garden hose on the dock is going to comment almost absently, though, I mean, he's saying it in such a way that Val and Avery can hear it, say, Hannah may be in trouble. She's not alone down there. Oh, no. I got a seven. You have a plus one. Not that it really matters, but just from your read about situation. You got a higher on that? No, no, you got a seven, right? On that? Yes. Yeah, yeah I got a seven. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No matter what you get. If you act on the answers, you get an ongoing plus one while the information is relevant. Yeah, you have a plus one. So you're at an eight on that. I'll give you a choice here is that in your thrashing, you are going to either lose something and get away scot-free, or you're going to have everything and get hurt. I think I'll get hurt. Okay. So you thrash to the surface. You sputter around. You're you're going towards You can kind of see the shadows from your friends above, but something whips out and wraps around your leg and you feel a burning, but you slip away from it and make your way to the surface. You take two harm. Okay. I immediately come out of the lake, just shaking from cold and from fear. I say, mouth, mouth, as wide as a mountain, hungry. I assume they pull you up out of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I flop her with the garden hose too. <laughs> <laughs> and You've got at, a plus one to doing this, Martin. <laughs> and at this moment, I'm realizing I'm wearing a white button-down shirt, so I'm just, you know, covering myself up as uh-huh. best as possible. I'm just saying my lab coat and putting it around you. Hunger. Hung, hungry. It's hungry. It? it uh, yeah. There, there is something down there in the lake? Yes. I turn to... Vines. Miss- mouth. Big. I turn to Miss Brookhaven. Ma'am? She is shook and like... I think we have a situation. Yeah, let's get your get your friend inside and get, get her warmed up. Mm-hmm. Martin, looking back at the water, the glow is gone. Okay. Everybody goes back inside. Martin's going to sit down where he is on the dock. He's placed himself so that he's close enough to the flowers to spend some time gardening. But he he, he is trying to get a sense of the spiritual area around this lake. So he's just going to be doing that, you know, for a while. Okay. Do you have a move that you can use for rolling on that? Mm. Or is it just uh, you get to... I mean, I am doing this. So Spirit Sight, Mm -hmm. uh, my medium power, Mm -hmm. doesn't give me a roll. It expands, you know, the the resources I can turn to with a roll. So in this case, it might be investigate a mystery... Yeah, if you want to gain any information, you're going to be investigating a mystery or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Martin is just trying to familiarize himself with the area. Obviously, he saw something, but, you know, I'm not going to go for Dark Past yet because I haven't gotten a clear enough look at it yet. I mean, I might be able to, but we'll wait. You saw a blurry glow. Right. That was it. Right. In general, he's gaining a picture of the spiritual nature of this lake. 
you know, its sense of history, its sense of where it belongs in the universe, mm-hmm. its sense of darkness, its sense of light, you know, life and death and growth and things like that. Yeah. So maybe you have to spend some time doing this. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing that while they're doing all these things. Yes. Cool. Uh, Hannah, do you do you need first aid? Or, uh, that looks pretty nasty. Look down at your, your leg and there is a a burn. Oh, a burn? Yeah. Uh, y- yeah, I... That thing was so scary. I, I've got a first aid kit in the van if you want to come with me to yeah, get that let, checked out. Yeah, let's go. Let, let's go. Let's go. And Ruth is like, do you... Like I've got some antiseptic and things too. Do you do you need anything? I've got I've, I've got supplies here. I've got a lot of things. Huh. I need a new shirt. Uh, we can get that for you too. Go to the van, get some healing, and get a new shirt, and then come. Sure. I guess back in. We'll. I'll ask Ruth if she can make some tea or something. Yeah. Yeah. She's more than happy to do so. Grab some blankets and things out of some some cabinets she's got. Okay. Val, do you have to roll anything for first aid, or do you just do it? So I have in my laboratory a surgical room. It doesn't say anything about rolling. It just says, while it's not your forte, you can use the equipment to heal people and have space for one or two to recuperate. The keeper will tell you how long any patient's recovery is likely to take and if you need extra supplies or help. I think that you're able to take care of that pretty pretty quickly. So like, if I help put like solve to reduce the burns and kind of wrap it up with like a bandage to protect it from any of the elements or whatever yeah i don't know if that would get rid of her actual harm yeah but it would take care of her like ongoing issues with it right yeah i think that does it say anything specifically about how much harm it heals it does not you can use this equipment to heal people but the keeper will tell you how long the recovery is likely to take sure i think that on average you can do like two harm quickly and maybe three to four harm over a long period of time. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. But you can only do like one at a time. Right. Yeah. Let me make a note of that so that we can use that going forward. Yeah. So do I immediately heal one harm or is this going to be a time thing? I mean, it' a matter of minutes, you know, kind of things that yes, you'll be able to heal two harm. Because okay. there's a little bit of weird science yeah. to my healing. <laughs> Cracking juice. And I think that once you've got that Kraken mucus solve on there. (laughs) (laughs) Kraken spit. Yeah. Actually, was there anything left behind on the wound? Did it leave any sort of substance on the wound or was it just straight Mm. burn? I would be looking for that. Is that something you're going to take a look at? Yeah. Let's, would that be read a bad situation or investigate a mystery? That would be investigate a mystery. Okay. Hmm. Let's try it. Hey, that's a seven. Lots of sevens tonight. I mean, that is the average number. It is. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Investigative mystery can ask one question. Mm-hmm. So I guess the closest would be what happened here. So what yeah, what caused you, this? Yeah, you might do either what happened here or what sort of creature is it. Ooh, that's true. This is like an opportunity where you might be able to use what sort of creature. Yeah, let's do what sort of creature did this. Okay. I think as you... You would take pictures and take sam- take samples and things like that and run that through your database and Erie is helping you that you do come up with some similar things, not exact matches, but similar style to jellyfish. Ooh, giant jellyfish. <laughs> is that in your conspiracy theories? I'm but, working out some options. There you go. But it's different <laughs> enough that it's not a jellyfish, hmm. but 
this kind of attack anyways is similar to how the stinging kind of sensation works. You've been jellyfished. Great. Let's get you some change of clothes. Specifically, what sort of creature is it? Something that has tentacles or long limbs or something like that to be able to wrap around and sting. Right. So wrapping myself in a blanket, I'm going to try and open one of the first closets that I see. Does it open? In the van? Yeah. Yeah, In the van. (laughs) Trying to find clothes. Oh, sure. Okay. (laughs) The one that Seven gave us where we got some of, I think we got most of the, well, we got some keys. Yeah. So let's define this. Would Seven have left things pretty well open and accessible to his former team or? So he would have handed over everything that he had on him. Unfortunately, there was one set of keys that he kept and he doesn't realize he didn't give back. And some of that is to some of the lockers. Okay. So, uh... He's, he is also uh, extra planar right now, so he can't really be reached, so... <laughs> can't call him? Yeah. He's at I'm Dillahan sorry, the number you have dialed is out of service. <laughs> Very out of service. I will go ahead and make... Uh, no, here you go. Roll plus half of your remaining luck. Roll plus roll, half of my roll remaining down. luck. So that yeah. is three plus three? Yeah. This is a, a thing that the crit show does, okay. uh, is roll plus luck. Okay. I got a 15. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, you rolled a 12? <laughs> so th- luck is on your side early until you start burning it. But yeah, it opens. And there are clothes in here. Seven would have meticulously placed them in order of sizes because you, you never know who's going to get into your van who will need something. Mm-hmm. So I, I think probably the vast majority of them are business casual kind of things. Yeah. Hannah finds her right size and kind of looks strangely at the banana suit, but <laughs> she <laughs> kind of confused why that's in the work casual, but you know, whatever. And she... Oh man, that was a fun mission. <laughs> I would love to hear it. Yeah, maybe we're not finding a giant jellyfish monster. Yeah. So I'll change my clothes. I'm going to go ahead and define that the inside of the van is like RV sized. Okay. So there is sitting space, there is storage space, small sleeping space, and the driving space. I was also thinking that there might be like pocket portals. <laughs> I think oh, we... I mean, sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess we... that makes sense. <laughs> I think we vaguely discussed it in the first one. Yeah, the first is it, there's session, some we... dimensional wibbly wobbly things going on yeah. here because that's Val's strong suit. Yeah, I mean, this is my, the home of my laboratory. Yeah. Thank you, Seven, and for so letting the... me fix up your van. <laughs> the exterior of the van is, and this is like a sliding what did we say it looked like like a 12 seater van thing it, it was one of those kidnapper vans oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yes, sliding door. so it is yeah. a large unmarked white van yeah oh creepy. dinged up super dinged up <laughs> so creepy got i think i said it was like seven miles to the gallon or something like it's that bad. it's yep. it's bad it's bad <laughs> you've had to fill up many many times on the way out. It's on Val's to-do list to fix it. She's just been so busy she hasn't been able to get to that yet. Gas mileage goo gun. Gas mileage goo gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, considering the budget cuts, you think that they would give him a more car, like, gas-efficient car, but whatever. Uh, that's, eh. that's seven talking Priorities. right now. <laughs> and bureaucracy. Uh, we're going to cut back to inside. Cool. Uh, where, well, I guess Martin is outside mm-hmm. and Avery is inside. Avery, are you talking to Ruth at all? Yep, I am trying to get more information as well as helping with tea and gathering blankets. Sure, yeah, and she's very appreciative for that. I'm, I'm surprised you all came out. I had 
my post was just like a dream explanation thing. I, I'm a writer as a profession. I write science fiction, working on a couple books right now. I've put out a bunch, you know, several. Yeah, Avery is internally cursing the crypticness of the management report because <laughs> when she heard suspected lake monster and mind alteration, she thought that meant that Ruth had put that in her blog post. So she thought no. Ruth was into supernatural. So that's the reason why she was like, oh, yeah, we're supernatural investigators. But I mean, that was Val's interpretation, too. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So apparently, I'm... no, that's not the case. We got a dream interpretation. Got it. But you, you all seem to think that it was more than a dream. I probably, given a lot of the indications that you gave, we've seen some of these sort of things in other areas, and it was worth checking out just to, you never know when these things are bigger than they actually are, and so you want to keep people safe. Did she not remember Hannah's burn? <laughs> <laughs> that happened like five minutes ago. <laughs> you, you did say it was a jellyfish. She well, might have heard that. That was inside. That was in the oh, van. Okay. She didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that hasn't come out yet. She, she's still like a little unsure about like exactly what happened. No, that makes. We're sense. gonna go and for what, a general discussion topics then of like, oh, mm-hmm. what do you do? What do you write? Things yeah. like that. And she tells you about her current novel that she's working on. She's excited about it and aliens and. Um, Discovering Ooh. a new, like a, a hidden city that's like underwater or things like that. That does sound pretty amazing. Yeah. But my my dream just felt so real. And she, and I don't, I don't know if you were able to read exactly what I said, but she pulls out her laptop and kind of brings things oh, up. Oh, good. That. that was going to be my first order of business as soon as we got back to the van. Pull up the blog post. Yeah. And <laughs> so... You now have the information that was essentially the intro that I read out. Okay, good. Good, good, good. So she was up late. She saw somebody out on the boat, and something large came out of the water and made the boat disappear. Did she know who the fisherman was? No, it's... I mean, I could see pretty well, but I I don't know many of the fishermen very well. Okay. I, I didn't know if I keep myself up here pretty well, and a handful, like, of the people at the grocer, the... Bellingers, very nice couple there. If you do want to go talk to any of the fishermen, I'd go down to the old cod. I know that's where a lot of them hang out. I think that's probably a good place to start, but I think, I don't know, but, and I've tried asking around to the police in that, but without any evidence, it's really hard to, you know, get things moving along, at least with our, de- our detective here. Yeah, especially since they don't like to talk about ongoing investigations, if there is one. But it may have been somebody who you know, was just passing through. We get a lot of people coming in to fish from the lake, and we've got a, a nice hiking trails around here and such things. And there's a campground nearby as well. Okay. Hmm, trying to think, what else would be good to ask? While you think, we're going to cut over to Martin. Okay. Martin, you, you are feeling spiritually out there. Uh-huh. Are you looking for anything in particular? I'm getting the lay of the land. Frequently, the spirit world will be a mirror, not just of the way things are visually precisely, but a way the but but a mirror of the way that things are 
in a deeper sense of truth. So if there's been some sort of impactful event that ever occurred out here on this lake, that might be more presently visual, you know, some token or reminder of it that, you know, would have been covered up by the water. If there was some sort of trauma, you might be able to see something like that that occurred maybe. You know, depending on how much of an impact it had, a psychic impact, if you will, on the, you know, on the spiritual surrounding. If this place is just really hunky-dory and happy, that might be reflected in the spirit world just being incredibly peaceful <laughs> and calm and nice. You know, and so he's kind of getting a feel for that sort of thing. You know, what is the mood of this area? Go ahead and you can investigate a mystery here. All right, four. You know what that means? Experience. Yeah, it's an experience and point. And you level up. Yeah, because Martin had plenty of experience from last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll get to your level up here in a minute. And mm, hard moves, hard moves. You are sending out your spiritual vibes, looking, and I think that even though you got a failure, you're getting some information here, but there will be a consequence. You look out across the lake, and your eyes are drawn to the island. It is a large, stony outcrop. Essentially, like a giant boulder was thrown in the middle there. How big is... Are we talking, like, feet? Or are we talking, like, a mile across? Or are we talking... So, the lake here is about three miles across... It's in the middle of that. Right, and, and how big is the island itself? It is big enough that somebody could put a house on it, but not much beyond that. Okay. There is some growth, but it seems to be mostly stony. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of trees there and rocks and things. And you see a dark, 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 deep green pulse from there that drives down into the deep lake like a needle, like a spike. And so like the rock itself feels like a wound in the lake, perhaps. Maybe, or something around there. But at the bottom, you see what it looks like a gaping hole, like a, a tear in the bottom of the lake. You also feel, as you are looking and watching, that you are being looked at and watched. Martin's used to this. He stays there on the dock, just sitting, pruning the flowers. The flowers are looking much better now. Yes. Well, to who? <laughs> to me. Okay. <laughs> so a little more dead? The wounded ones have been moved on to a better place. Right. They, they were they were sickly and they were crying out in pain. I didn't, you know, remove the ones that looked like they, you know, were likely to recover, but only those that were clinging on and were doomed to die anyways. Yeah, you're, you're deadheading. Mm-hmm. That's a normal and good thing that you're supposed to do. She just hadn't been doing a good job of it. Been occupied, I think. She's a busy writer. Martin hasn't physically moved to do any of this. Just <laughs> periodically, like, a flower just wilts and falls over and then kind of shrivels and plops to the ground. Flower bed overall looks better for it. I think at this point, you all have taken care of Hannah in the van. Do you go back inside or do you wait for Avery and Martin to come out? I would probably wait in the van. Oh, I was about to say I'd probably go back out, but there's tea. Mm -hmm. I I think I'm going to stay out here. 
Would you like or, You mean stay in the van? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it was a little intense in there. Does Does Hannah notice the, the flowers? No. She's, I feel like you were doing no that around back. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's not looking at the, the windows. Right. Yeah, you resisted the urge up, out front. I was hoping she would be surprised at how much, you know, they Get improved. <laughs> so Val, thinking that she's being helpful, will say, well, I mean, I guess you can stay in here and keep reading the policy procedure handbook and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be in the house. Okay. I think I need to read it more. I, I think I broke some policies. I should probably read up on that. I, I think you'll be fine. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I've been at this for a while. You'll be okay. I'll, I'll come in in a few minutes, okay? Okay. Take whatever time you need. Oh, do you want some candy? I've got, well... I have a Tootsie Pop. I guess I don't have any more milk candy. Yeah, I'll take a Tootsie Pop, thanks. You're welcome. Let me know how many licks it takes. I'm I will. just kidding. <laughs> Does Val have a special <laughs> Tootsie Pop that once you've started licking it, you have to continue until you oh, count no. it? <laughs> Compulsive Tootsie Pop. No. Is there like a counter on the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't trust you. The stick has a counter embedded in it. This is a normal Tootsie Pop, unaltered. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've counted before when I was a kid. It was like 632 or something. So you said whatever you want. It might be less with your... Um, Adult. Oh, my adult tongue? <laughs> yes. That oh. sounds awkward. It sounds really even awkward. Even me. Even to me as a teenager, that sounds awkward. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get it's that. fine. You don't need to. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> and I I go back inside. Uh, I think Ruth asks after um, Hannah, is, is your friend all right? She seemed like she had gotten scratched or something or... Yeah, she's fine. I applied some burn solve and... She's doing much better. I think she's hmm. still just emotionally shaken up, but okay. I think she'll be fine. Burns, that's that's pretty weird. It is extremely I, weird. I can't think of any fish that would do that. I don't think it was a fish. Are there any local legends around the area? Not that I know of, but again, you probably want to ask around at the old cod. I bet there's plenty of fisher tells. Okay, we can do that. Ooh, the old cod? Yep, it's a... Fisherman Bar? Yeah, it's kind of a, an older bar. It's been here as long as the town's been here. There's a another nicer place, the Fish and Sips, if, if you're looking for you know cleaner place to go. Anyways, hmm, <laughs> but okay. Uh, if you're if you're looking to to talk to people who've been here for a long time, you might want to check out the old cod. I think that we'll do that. I think that's a good idea. Yep, that is. If I can do anything else to help, just let me know, and she goes over to a table and grabs her business card and hands it to you. Thank you, Ruth. Uh, also, if you need to contact us, here is our number. I'm going to hand her a scrap piece of paper that has Val's cell phone number that connects to Erie or something. Okay. Yeah, I'll add my number underneath it because even though I am the new team lead, I have not had cards made up. I was not that uh, <laughs> poor-sighted. Or, you know, they're on back order. Yes, that's what it is. No, she, <laughs> she seriously hasn't even thought about it. <laughs> Until like, now. Oh, yeah, I should probably have those. Did Seven have those? I don't remember. So you guys make your way back into the van and make your way into town. Yep. You've encountered something out there. Something very scary. Mm-hmm. And we will find out more next time. Woohoo! Very hey. nice. We weren't floundering this time as much, guys. Oh, I think there was some floundering. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of floundering. I meant like being able to 
Now what to do next? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I was talking about it in the water, but... Yes, I know. <laughs> so for the end of the session experience, uh, we will have the following questions. So number one, did we conclude the current mystery? No. no. Not yet. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah, that would be really <laughs> quick. Very much so. We are learning about the mystery. Did they save someone from certain death or worse? Yes. Yeah. I threw the garden hose in. <laughs> I mean, that was, was harm. probably gonna but drown or something. Death? I think that this question generally refers to other people. Okay, okay. that's um, So no. Yeah, <laughs> no. like, I'm sorry for not throwing somebody in danger for you for this time. That's okay. I <laughs> should do that more often, I guess. I can, I can throw myself in more danger if you want. That won't give us points. I'll yeah, give that you just gives points. you experience, not everybody else. Uh, <laughs> okay. So we'll hold off on that then. Uh, did we learn something new and important about the world? And this is like, did we establish something? Did we create something? It but also tentacles? learning. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say we did. Absolutely. Yep. Avery's the new team lead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? And this is like not new moves, but did we establish something we learned that Seven, who is no longer one of the hunters currently, but is on hiatus, is old enough to where he's the last surviving member of Rules grandfathered in from yeah. the beginning of the organization. <laughs> he had, what, like 377 days worth of... I think the number just keeps going up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's never taken a day off, so that's insane. <laughs> We haven't really gone into it on the the podcast as far we as have not. I don't even think you guys even but know. We've learned a lot about Hannah. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm not we've, sure how much we we've learned that Avery know. is still kind of floundering a bit. Oh yes, yes. I'm using that word again. Oh mm-hmm. floundering yes. a bit as the new leader of the group. That, yeah. that might be in an, an, an episode title in there, floundering around. Yes. <laughs> 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 I think that we got a yes. We learned we learned things about Hannah. We didn't know anything about Hannah before, and that's fair. We I learned mean, things about Hannah. Hannah pers- know. Personal plug: You learned that Val writes fan fiction. Yes, yeah. true. <laughs> that, true. That that is an absolute yes. <laughs> and Martin enjoys gardening for mm-hmm. real ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An unconventional way of gardening, but gardening nonetheless. Cool. So I think that you guys got two yeses out of that. Yeah. Um, which is one, one experience. experience point. Nice. Does that put anybody over? It does not put me okay. in a level up, where's unfortunately. Where does everybody sit on experience points? I am at three. Avery's at three. I'm at four. Six. Wow. So five plus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one okay. level up plus one. Well, thank you all for joining, and we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Corin. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Power Word Crit. Stay tuned for more adventure on PowerWordCrit.com or your favorite podcast streaming site. So uh, what does being the leader entail exactly? As always, uh, Seven's Forte. Um, I think you take responsibility if things go to crap. I probably shouldn't say that. Uh, if mm. things go mm-hmm. down the pooper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. I don't know if I should say that either, but...